Hey guys, Sklar Brothers here with Dan Van Kirk. Yes. From Dumb People Town, and we've got Adam from Adam Ruins Everything. Adam Conover on the show this Hello. week. Hello. Good time in Dumb People Town, right? I mean, you like to make people smarter. When they finish watching your show That's what and try to do. listen to your podcast, they try and be smarter. We are going to not be focusing on those people in this, <laughs> in this episode. No, but we are going to focus on possibly the greatest eyewitness to any one of our stories. Mulver. 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 The first story Mulver. has one of the greatest Dumb People Town characters everywhere ever and he didn't actually do anything wrong <laughs> check it out today's episode is brought to you by last rampage the new true crime film starring robert patrick heather graham and bruce davison and we had the pleasure of speaking to someone involved with the movie hi my name is heather graham and i'm playing dorothy tyson in the movie the last rampage the Last Rampage is a true story about uh, Gary Tyson and how his sons broke him out of prison, and uh, it's a very dark story, and Gary Tyson is not a good guy. I play his wife, and I'm super loyal and devoted to him, even though he's pretty much the worst person in the world. One thing I think is interesting about the movie is a lot of these movies, they tell a story about like, oh, this rebellious guy who was this cool gunslinger and, you know, he did it all these wrong things, but he did it for the right reason. And I think this story sort of turns that story on its head because it's got, at first you think he's a cool guy, but then you're like, no, this guy is just like a selfish, self-centered, narcissistic jerk. I like stories about real people. I think sometimes real life is stranger than fiction. Like, I mean, some of the stuff that happens, you just go, I can't believe this is real, but it's real. And then if you do more research, it's even stranger than the stuff they put in the script. It's just like, sometimes real life is stranger than fiction. Don't miss Last Rampage, the true story of the prison break of Gary Tyson. In theaters September 22nd and available for on-demand pre-order August 22nd. Find out more on Twitter by following at LastRampageFilm or on Facebook.com slash LastRampageFilm. Welcome to the X-Files Files. It's been a while. while. Sorry. Um, Emily's here making... Don't, don't look at me, baby. Faces at me. We've all had, hopefully, a wonderful long uh, Christmas, holiday, New Year break. And we're all back. Excited to be watching more X-Files. Hope you guys watched. You know what I was going to do? I was going to do the Ghost Who Stole Christmas as a special Christmas episode. And then I just watched it. And didn't record an episode. I just decided to just kind of watch it and enjoy it and not, you know, uh, put anything out about it. So it'll, it'll come out later. <laughs> hey, no. We watched it together. We did. I wanted to watch some Christmas episodes of television shows. I'm just saying, how dare you watch something for joy alone. For joy alone. Um, this episode, uh, the guest is Matt Gourley who is awesome, really, really, really funny guy. He's from Super Ego. Um, he's, you know, uh, involved with that new Wolf Pop podcast network that Paul Shear started. Um, he is an awesome, really, really funny guy. He's in the Harmontown family, if anyone knows that podcast that I do uh, every now and then. So had him on. Um, and he's a guy who's not super 
crazy hardcore fan. So it was interesting. Um, he was obviously aware of the show. He's seen the show. So we picked two um, standalone episodes. Obviously, it would have been super mean of me to just pick two episodes that, um, you know, for in the mythologies, we talk about revelations. We talk about War of the Copper Phages. And um, they're, uh, you know, I, obviously, uh, you'll hear my thoughts on the episode. So I'm just going to let that go. Um, follow me at X-Files Files. X- <laughs> Why are you laughing? Okay. I haven't had a podcast in a while. You're doing a great job. Follow me at X-Files Files. You guys don't realize how crazy it feels to just record a thing. Sitting in your living room. To nobody. To nobody. I mean, you can talk to me. Yeah, but it, I mean, yes, but you're doing your own thing. I just mean recording the intro is really hard because you're not talking to anybody. All the other podcast stuff, you're talking to someone here. It's just like, hey, people. Anyway, what was I talking about? Come on, tell me where I can find you online. You can find me at X Files Files. Find me, find me at Kumail N K U M A I L N. Oh, the new season of Portlandia starts very soon. Mm-hmm. I'm in one episode of that. Um, and if you haven't seen that show, watch it. Uh, all four ep- uh, seasons are on Netflix. And um, I am in all four seasons. You can watch The Meltdown with Joan and Kamel, which is my stand-up comedy show that I do for Comedy Central that my wife, Emily Gordon, produces. She sounds great. She's, she's cool. Uh, that I do for Comedy Central. Um, she, uh, you can watch that on Amazon. What else can I plug? Oh, Silicon Valley is on iTunes and on Amazon. So watch that. We're shooting season two right now, and it's going pretty awesome. I actually start back up tomorrow. I have to be at work tomorrow morning at 6 a.m., so... It's the first day of school feeling. Yes, Emily. Are you going to open an X-Files as to why Cameron Diaz and Benji Madden got married? It's okay. Love, you know. Love, love takes all forms. Love, love is love. Love is love. Um, I mean, people look at us and think the same thing. Oh. That's a compliment to you. Oh, no, that's not the case. Okay. You have less tattoos and you're way Okay, great. Um, so I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, go to Reddit. Uh, the subreddit is at X-Files Files. Um, and, you know, you know all this stuff. Do it. Hey, dude. Uh, hey, dude. Hey, dude. <laughs> That's hey, bro. Great, uh, Matt Gorley is here. <laughs> Hi. Thanks so much for coming, dude. That was the least likely intro to an X-Files podcast. Hey, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I felt real lame. It's earlier than it is usually when I'm yeah. recording these. And it's, it's a Sunday morning. I mean, we should be in church. Yeah. yeah. Oh. That's a great segue into the first episode. I know, huh? Um, right. So your history, we talked about this. You hadn't seen it in a while, but you were a fan of the show back in the day. I, I was, I was, I liked it, but I, I, in no way am an expert. And I had, like, seen episodes, but I started to watch a little bit more when The Lone Gunman came into the okay, picture so more. Sort of later, yeah. And they had that spinoff, oh. right? They had the spinoff. Like the yes. ill-fated spinoff or something? Yes, it's real ill-fated. In the first episode of the spinoff. Uh, episode one is about someone flying a plane into the World Trade Center. That's right. Okay. Which oh is my God. Cr- That's crazy. I remember that now. And it was like a year before that happened. And I can't... I'm surprised at how much my memory fails me in terms of what I had seen. And I have not watched X-Files since. But I do remember I was, in vaca- I was on vacation with my girlfriend at the time in Vancouver. And we always had this thing that no matter where we went, we'd like to go see a movie uh-huh. on vacation. And... We saw the X Files movie. Did it make sense to you? 
Or at the yeah. time, were you sort of in? Yeah, you knew I what knew was enough to understand everything that was going on, but just barely. And yeah. I even think I remember that being a condition in the reviews a lot of saying like, "You should know this. You should know this." Yeah. So I felt like I was primed going into okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Good. Well, these are two sort of. So I sort of picked two. You know, because we hung out at uh, Dan Harmon's wedding, and I was like, "All right, well, I'll just pick two sort of random one-offs." I'm glad you did. Yeah. But they turned out to be sort of interesting because Revelations, I think you know, you know, Mulder is the believer and yeah. Scully is a skeptic. Yeah, and Revelations, I got a little confused. It flips that. Yeah. It flips that. And then the next one, they're sort of separated and it really is sort of, it comments on their relationship more than uh, most other episodes do. Yeah, these back to back really show how zealous zealous they can each get right and it started to make me think like i always remember him being that way but is she like this in other no. ways but this was just a one-off kind of this thing. was well they sort of have started bringing because her thing that they sort of decided because Mulder's character is pretty clear right he's yeah. like a guy whose his sister was abducted he's obsessed with this quest with her i think at some point they realized a person just saying no that's not it isn't interesting so then they started bringing her religiousness into it interesting. and that was there were seeds of that right in the beginning she's always wearing a cross um so this one sort of tackles the issue of her faith kind of head on and Mulder's the skeptic and she's the believer and then her character's sort of um tension becomes you know cuz she's a scientist so she needs proof versus Religion that sort of requires blind faith to an extent. So how do you rec- uh, sort of reconcile those two things? So this one's sort of about that. Um, and it really, the religions, it's, it's much harder, I realized watching this, it's easy to make a show where someone believes in crazy aliens and make fun of them or comment on it than it is to have someone who's very religious. Because uh-huh. it's tricky to then either support them or discredit them. I felt like the writers themselves were struggling because the last line of the episode is, it's Scully saying mostly that no one is listening. And I felt like that was the writer saying, hey, like, don't take us as religious zealots. Yeah. We still have a level head about this. We just want to explore it. And yeah. That was fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Where she's like, uh, if he's out, he's saying stuff, but nobody's listening, which is kind of scary. Mm-hmm. Um, I My first reaction watching this episode was, because I grew up very religious and it's in church. And my the first thing I think of when I think of religion is boredom. <laughs> Just like going to these. For me, it was because I've been going since I was like two or three yeah. up until, you know, my teen years. Just just sitting there and being so bored just as a kid like i've heard all these stories i know all of this stuff they were fine stories you know and then some of them they would make like super violent and even then i was like yeah, that, that doesn't really do anything what religion did you grow muslim up in? Okay. i was shiite muslim i i was raised very religious shiite muslim and so a big part of our um well, this is getting into religion too much, but I'll say it real quick. So Shias and Sunnis are the two main yeah. sects, yeah. The, the two biggest ones. Uh-huh. And the split happens right after the prophet dies uh, because the, the the head of state and the religious head were the same. And so there's a fight over who it should be. We believed it should have been the prophet's nephew. They believe it should have been his son-in-law. Right. I so remember this what, from my Islamic studies class Did you really college. do that? Yeah, yeah. Well, but our sort of, the way Shiites, our big defining thing was there was a big war where we got our asses kicked. Like, we were slaughtered. It was horrible. It lasted 40 days, this war, right? So every year during that war, 
we, um, go to these sermons and every day someone tells a story of who died that day, right? Oh so, my God, that's kind of beautiful though. In a way. It, it is, it is. As a kid, for me, I never really appreciated it like, and I felt guilty for not appreciating it. But I just felt like, what these, why, why are we talking about people who are... <laughs> Who lost? And not that I wanted to defect, but you're a sports fan. Yeah, I'm like, man, come on. Yeah, we're sort of like the Cubs, I guess. We just had a losing streak, and there was a goat involved at some point, and we fucked up. So when I was watching this, I, I that's what it flashed back to me was, it's interesting how Christianity and Islam, they're sort of like bloody stuff, oh, like yeah. like really violent uh, stuff happening to people becomes a big part of the story. Yeah, I when this episode first started, I got really into it because I have a somewhat of a history with religion in that my family, we were not raised religious. And then when I was seven, my parents divorced and my mom married a religious man. And then suddenly evangelical Christianity was present in our household. Oh, wow. But it didn't take with me. I think there was like a year in college where I kind of dabbled on it in the way that you'd go to lesbianism or something like that, yeah. you know, like, and, uh, but I feel like I got vaccinated with just enough Christianity at an early age that it didn't take. Right. But I have been left with like almost an obsession with it and how my family, cause now my entire family, except for my dad and my stepmom, for the most part are religious and no one was, and it, it came out of nowhere. And, and that's so I just can't get enough of this type of thing like yeah. sensationalist religion and stigmata and all this that one stuff. really is sensationalist yeah. religion we have a lot of like posturing and stuff too in our religion like we do the thing where we we, we have self-flagellation yeah. she has oh, she, she do we do that with like chains and knives and swords oh, and wow. stuff like it's intense stuff yeah. and i used to go to these every year twice a year they would have these processions where they block off they block off streets and streets and then these people go and it's I don't know how relevant this is. I, I guess it's sort of relevant because sure. we're it's it's the the fate stuff, and it's definitely interesting. We have so what most people use. Dudes do this. Women walk on coals. Where those? That's that's us. The walking on coals thing. Yeah. We use, okay. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's us. Yeah. <laughs> we, we did that. Um, <laughs> that's one of our hits. Uh, really. <laughs> that was you. Yeah. Oh my you God. I mean, I'm a you fan. Know, I mean, we just were like we just. <laughs> You know, just one day we're like, oh, Coles, that's it. <laughs> but what we, our thing is, and I'm not saying this is right or wrong. I'm just saying this is what, and it still happens. You take a, it's a weapon, I guess you call it. And it's a wooden handle with five chains and a blade at the end of each one. And you hit yourself in the back with it. And when you hit about 13, 14, you're supposed to do it. But you see kids six doing it. No. So there's also some people who take swords, hit themselves on the head a few times and then fall down. So I'd go to these. I never did it, but well, I have... you've seen people do it. Oh or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, all the time. I would see like little kids walking by with like bloody shirts, and you're stepping over puddles of blood. Like there's just blood everywhere. This is like a street, like Karachi. People don't have the image in your head. Karachi looks like New York. Yeah, like it's very, very, uh, very urban and v very. Uh, it's it's a cramped city. And it smells like blood. Like, I remember this. It took me years to be I was like, whenever I go to the procession, it really stinks. And it was like, I was in my teens when I was like, oh, that's the smell of blood. So oh that God. sort of stuff is, I mean, it's a big part of me. And so whenever people talk about faith, like there's one part in this, in the, 
episode that really struck me. Well, there's the guy, Michael Berryman, who's the guy who they say, they're like, he looks like the devil. And then the cuts to that guy. Yeah. The, the guy who's, uh, uh, he's in like. The Hills Have Eyes guy. Hills yeah. Have Eyes guy. Yeah. Where he's sort of tied down uh-huh. and they're interrogating him in the attic. Uh, and he goes to Scully. He's like, I do whatever the Lord asks me to do. And he sort of indicts her for not doing that. Uh-huh. And I was like, in the show, he's supposed to be right. But that's a very dangerous thing yeah. to say. <laughs> yeah. Like, whatever he asks me, I do without questioning it. Like, yeah. that doesn't... It, and that's exactly what you were saying. Is like, the writers didn't quite know what stance to take or how to handle this. Yeah, and uh, that made it almost all the more fascinating to me. I didn't know where it was heading exactly. And Yeah. Uh, and, and that guy, Hills Have Eyes guy... I love, and I also love when the sketch artist is drawing him, that he, he not goes, only just draws a bald guy, but it's a perfect portrait of that guy. Yeah, no, it's pretty good. And what does Mulder say? <laughs> Something about, like, it looks like a... Uh, uh, Homer Simpson's evil twin or something like that. That's not nice. That looks just like the actor. I thought, like, so... It must be hard to be that... First of all, it's kind of cool that he gets to sort of play a different kind of part than he does. And and a hero in some weird way. I think he is supposed to be a hero. I mean, you know, when he dies, he smells like flowers. He's saying... That's right. right. He's an angel, basically. Yeah, Yeah, he's sort of an angel or something. And... um. But yeah, I always feel weird for that guy because oh, he's always yeah. casting that. And there's the part where he's he's dead and he's laying on the thing and Mulder and Scully are talking and Mulder's like, you know, he was really abnormal in real life and maybe he's abnormal in death too. And I was like, I he's know. right there. I know. It's like when you'd see casting breakdowns for an ugly best friend. Or, yeah. You know, and that that is difficult. And this guy has made a career on being odd looking. Yes. That can't be easy. No, he's like a walking special effect. Yeah. He's he's uh but he's really good in this episode. He's got like he soulful eyes. He does. He well he's very sympathetic eyes. Yeah. I, I also love that the guy sketching it in this world, in my reality, I'm thinking, as the kids explaining him what this guy looks like, he's probably thinking, I wonder if he looks like the guys in Hills Have like just <laughs> yeah. that guy exists in oh. this reality. And he's just drawing <laughs> that guy. But that's what the kid's saying. Like <laughs> yeah. it's like just draw the hill to eyes guy. Here, pull it up on IMDb. Oh, we don't have that yet. But, <laughs> but yeah, because when they see the picture, they're like, oh, that's not a real person. That's yeah. a kid's crazy imagination. <laughs> no, that's a human being, and he's in his trailer right now. <laughs> oh, he's, he's in this oh. episode. Um, I thought that that thing of, I always think about, so the first guy, Arlie Ermey. Yes. Who's always like the drill sergeant yeah, or whatever. Yeah, it's nice to see him play a uh, preach, preacher for once, you know. Yeah, and it, it works. Really well. It works. Too he's, well. He's like the fake preacher guy. He's like a scam artist guy. Yeah. And I always like, I'm sort of obsessed with those guys. Me too. Because it's, what do you think of them? They're the worst of the worst. <laughs> I, I truly, I don't even know what to say about them. I, my buddies and I often, whenever we're hanging out, the way we end the night is we turn on religious television and just wonder at it. We watch yeah. faith healers and I can't get enough of it. And I don't know how, I don't know how it can happen, but of course I know how it happens. I know people need a reason to believe, but they're willing to overlook anything and it blows my mind. Yeah. And weirdly that's what 
the, this episode kind of indicts Scully for that. Yeah. They're like, because his speech in the beginning, Arlie Ermey's speech is like, he talks about faith and science and he's like, people are always looking for, they need proof for what they see. Yeah. And it's sort of, that's how Scully is on the show. But then this episode's a little like, hey, have it a little It did feel faith. like a departure from her in a, in a forced way. What was the title of the movie, I Want to Believe? or what, what, Wasn't that one Fight of the... Fight the Future. But there wasn't, wasn't there a second I want movie? To, I Want to Believe was a second movie. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah that's what I find myself yeah. thinking well, of. Well, that is interesting because Mulder's, that's Mulder saying, and his, yeah. he does have blind faith in yeah. like UFOs and stuff. Yeah. But he's very dismissive in this episode of yeah. Scully. Because in the other episodes, you know, Scully's always sort of arguing with him because Mulder is a crazy theory about some liver-eating guy. <laughs> She's always, like, talking to him and sort of taking it like, okay, I hear that. And he's just very dismissive this whole episode. And that's where I feel like the writers are going, like, we can play with the alien stuff, but we have to have our voice come through yes. Mulder and soundly put it down. Right. Yeah. I think so. I yeah. think so. Um, I... Uh, because he believes so much he just sees the blood and he just tastes it like what if that was real blood? i know that's I... very unprofessional <laughs> even it's even unprofessional that's evidence you can't lick the evidence not Mulder. to mention incredibly unhealthy yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just sugar it's gross yeah if you're at a crime scene and you see one of the fbi inspectors just like putting it in his mouth you'd be like listen come on man and also if he knows it's fake it could still be cow's blood or something you know yeah it could <laughs> still be cow's blood uh, and bottom line it's evidence yeah <laughs> like, i know that's important you can't because i always thought that when you see like 80s movies and the cop just like stabs the bag and like takes it yeah like that's cocaine how do you know it's yeah. cocaine and now you've just done cocaine on, and, on, on duty. And what if it's really bad and laced with acid? And Yeah. That's all you need for an acid trip is one little... Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Here's something that I didn't catch having watched this before. So Mulder is... I knew he was always really understated. I mean, to the yes. point of... I don't know how he could get any more understated. It's almost <laughs> artful. Yes. But he... Have you ever read or have you ever heard that is he connecting himself to Jack Webb from Dragnet in any way? Because I had watched, what did I watch? Something about Dragnet recently. And they are both so purposefully understated and just, you know, no emotion. Right. And I wondered if there's ever been any conscious connection to that or that's just coincidence or something. Oh, maybe he used that as a reference point or something. Because they're so similar. Yeah. No bullshit detective, but they're not, you know, they don't beat people around. They just don't take any nonsense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's interesting. Mulder is more engaged in certain episodes than others. So, like, in this one, he's really disengaged. Yeah, yeah, I guess Like, so. he's trying to quit. Like, he's like, let's just go home. Like, there's one part where Scully's like, let's go talk to the kid's dad again. Oh, let's go talk to the yeah. kid's dad. And he's like, but he's in an asylum. <laughs> he cannot like, be trusted. Yeah, we've been to crazy places for you, Mulder. We've been to, like, submarines in the Arctic and, <laughs> and like, police hang and, like, airplane hangars in Iowa and stuff. Like, yeah. just go to this for me. <laughs> Um, I, uh, he makes, he makes like a pedophilia joke, right? Very disgruntled altar boy. Yeah. Um, that feels a little, I don't know. Not as bad as the next episode where she says, um, more than my mind, you guys are interested in expanding. Do you yeah. That? Well, I mean, we'll get to that, but that yeah. was like, whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, that, that's a really, really interesting episode too. Yeah. I also like when Mulder and Scully go in to talk to that kid, like 
don't take this the wrong way, but that's like a that's a good looking kid, right? Yeah. That's that kid's a stud. Yeah, he he's almost too good looking. I couldn't take my eyes off. <laughs> when they walk in, it's it's like sort of understood. Like Mulder just goes with the principal and Scully goes to the kid, like where he's like, Listen, you can talk to kids. I have nothing. I can't connect. So do you believe in aliens? That's the thing about all the people who aren't Mulder and Scully in this, they are so soundly Canadian. And I mean, oh, that, yes. like, they're just, it's not just oh. accents. Like the, the way they look, everything is so heavily Canadian. Oh yeah, it's Canadian as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a great place to shoot because it looks beautiful, but it also, all of it looks like Canada. Yeah. 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 Like Tyler Labine's in the next I know. episode. And I did a double take as soon as he came on. And yeah. Like, That's right. This is all Canadian. And He's Canadian. It together. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah that was hilarious. Um, yeah, Mulder's totally checked out of this. Uh, yeah, he says, but the father's in an institution. That's the part um, where uh, he he just sort of, I just, I, or the full circle stuff. Yeah. Because uh, that's what he says in the beginning. And you kind of want to be like, just tell me what you fucking mean. Like, don't <laughs> play games. Aren't you trying to save your kid? Um, but right. then later it's just the recycling sign that feels like it's not enough of a payoff, right? And there's the the pre or the father in confession says it at the end. Oh yeah, yeah. they really hit it hard. Yeah, they, they hit full, it full. I mean, like literally and figuratively, <laughs> the episode came full That's circle. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, also, that bad guy yeah. who keeps renting cars under the name <laughs> Farrell, which is the devil's minion. Like, just go with Smith or something. <laughs> you don't have to put your stamp on everything. Like, you that's don't have how to, to catch him. You don't have to brand him. <laughs> no. <It's> not, not <laughs> uh, what's your name? Farrell. No last name. <laughs> Farrell the Dark. I'm a bit of a performance artist. Uh, <laughs> that's a hobby. I mean, I have some other goals. I can't talk about those, but here's my card. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I do illusions and stuff. <laughs> well, Did yeah. you see, um, have you watched Black Mirror? No, is it great? <clears throat> is it? I don't know about that, but it is. the first episode is worth watching. It's kind of like a modern day Twilight Zone. Every episode is a different story. Is it like a sci-fi thing? Yeah, some of it is, but the first episode, I, I won't say anything, but it just in, starts with a prime minister in a in a rough situation, and and I don't know, there's a slight connection to what we were just talking about. But oh, I really? That episode is worth watching, whether it's good or not, just for like, this isn't something I've seen before. Is it like sort of? I've heard that it's like technology based. Is that right? this one isn't, but okay. some of them are. Yeah. Okay. And it's like a dystopian, either parallel universe or a little bit in the future, but it's more just about psychological twists and uh, yeah. I I will say nothing more. But okay. Yeah, I'll it's watch worth it. no, checking out. It's like everyone's sort of been um, talking about it. It it along with this show, it would you know, it's worth exploring and i would be curious to see what you think of the first episode okay national anthem is the title of the first episode. is it an hour or is it like an hour and a half it's under an hour oh okay. i think yeah um i like that oh yeah the one the kids are describing michael berryman his hair burned off in hell it's just not very nice because he's read the whole script right he's he's seen like oh i'm not here for this scene but this is how they're describing me <laughs> I'm sure that's the first time someone is like that. Eh, I bet like he goes through the script every part he gets, and he's like, well, all right, let's see how many references to how weird I look are in this script. I, I hope he tells the producers, like, just give me my scenes and give me zero scenes where someone's talking about me. Yeah, tell me how much time 
I need between my lines. Yes. I don't even want to know what just, the other person's yes. lines. Yeah, I wear yeah, earplugs, yeah. just so you know. I have earplugs in. <laughs> you just point at me and I'll say my line. Is okay. he still alive? Yes. Oh. I believe so. Okay. I saw him in something not too long ago. I feel like he's um, sort of a professor or something like oh, that. Oh, I hope so. Here, I'm going to look this up real quick. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, Owen Jarvis is his name. Yeah, Homer Simpson's evil twin is yeah. what he calls him. Um, I feel like this episode has a lot of the structure is they have the kid, they lose the kid, they have the kid, they lose the kid. Like that just happens sort of yeah. over and over. Visit the dad, bit. go back to the dad. Yeah, go back yeah. to the dad, visit the dad. I guess maybe it's the cyclical nature that they're going for. Did, I don't know. Did they ever really explain how the kid splits in two? Nope. Um, I read a lot of like production notes on this episode <laughs> and everyone was like, that was the part that really was very difficult to make sense for us. And um, they said that... Then they, why do it? <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. Because it really didn't need to be no. a major thing. Uh, it didn't need to be a thing at all. It, it was just a device to save the woman when her car was busted. And but then there they used are it other once. ways to yeah. do that. Yeah. You don't have to split the kid in two. And before that, Scully says that they saw the kid in two different spots. Right. It it should either be a major thing or yeah, nothing right. at all. Because it was an interesting idea, once, yeah. but it, you know, it doesn't play out exactly. Uh, yeah, he's still around. He oh. um, he is. It's called ectodermal dysplasia. Is what the thing is that he has. Um, he's Meaning, like of, his skin is just connected in an odd way. Is it? His I don't finger. Know. He looked like. Does he not have fingernails or something? Too. Oh, Did you notice that? I don't know. And, I mean, he's aging gracefully. <laughs> I mean, I would love to meet this guy. He, yeah. They say he goes to, like, co- conventions and stuff a lot. <sighs> he's, um... I would be nice to have him on my I Was There Too podcast. He would be... Talking about the Hills Have Eyes. He would be great. He's probably been in a million... Oh, he's in Weird, weird Science, too, right? He's, he's in one a of lot the, of yeah, things. Like yeah, like Road yeah. Warrior guys. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's amazing. I bet he'd be great. Yeah. Because I've... They, he seems like a very smart dude. Yeah. Um, I also like like they the attic thing. They they go up to find the kid in the attic, and the kid's not there. And it cuts to them interrogating him, the guy in the attic. So they were like, "All right, well, let's bring him up to the attic to interrogate him." Yeah, right. Like, it's just the lighting's way better in here. <laughs> it just looks so dramatic. much cooler. We've got the purple lighting that you know we love at X Files. And he needs to jump out of a window. And first story ain't gonna cut it. So right, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, that's nothing. Yeah, point A to point Z. It is funny when you're getting into the third season of a show. I do think they're at this point they're like, we've got how many episodes a season? Let's do a little reverse engineering where we know this is the result. Let's just make it happen. Oh, yeah. There was one episode where I had the writer on, and he said, I had heard, I'd seen a picture of a python that had ingested a goat, and I was like, a python ingesting a man. And he said he wrote that on a cue card, put that under Act 3, and was like, all right, let's make a whole episode so that we get to that at some point. Oh, my God. And then it's a really great episode. Really? Yeah, it's it's a really great, it's about the satanic school where all the, the, it's sort of like the faculty. Oh, wow. But instead of aliens, they're like Satan worshippers and stuff. Oh, but they've sort of lapsed to comments on religion quite a bit. It's like people who... And so the devil sort of comes back to be like, hey, you guys aren't worshipping me enough. I'm going to f- fuck things up for you. I'm going to make you believe called? again. It's called... Um, it's got a weird name. It's called Die Hand Die Verletzt, which means the hand that something. It's a German term. But it's really, really... It's a really great episode. <laughs> Dustin, why did you laugh when the German... 
Oh, <laughs> I think. <laughs> um, I like. Oh yeah, Mulder says. I wonder that. I wonder why I sleep in on Sundays. Like he's just such a dick. I know. Which I know people who are very very dismissive of religion, and they'll talk to someone who's very religious, and they're like, "That's stupid. Why are yeah. you doing that?" I don't think that's the way to talk. No, that's it. not. You can think what you want, but. You got to be respectful. But it's funny when these episodes are back to back because she's on the phone with him the whole time. Like, no, it's just this. Check his eyes. You know? No, yeah. That's not that. Yeah. And that one, the next one, War of the Coprophages, really, really dials up that specific aspect of their relationship where it's like, he has a crazy theory, she dismisses it. He has a crazy theory, she dismisses it. <laughs> um, yeah, but we'll, uh, we'll get to that. I also think it's weird when there's, whenever there's religious stuff, in a show or movie like miracle stuff and then the character like believes in it because of a miracle or something crazy that happens it feels so contrived to me because it's like well the character just uh, the, the the writer just wrote that everything that's happening is a miracle so it's everything that's happening there's a purpose to yeah. it right so i never buy when people have epiphanies religious epiphanies because of miracles oh and stuff. interesting yeah and they never i mean scully's contending with the fact that this happened but they never really comment on the fact that this kid is going to go on living his life. He's, he has stigmata, and he can split in two. Like, he's a, he's a superhuman being. Yeah, we should put him in a lab. Yes. And some sort of, like, containment unit. Yeah. At, at the, the very least, the he ocean. should get his own show. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, that kid, the actor that plays that kid, I he's on Twitter. I see him tweeting on Twitter. Really? Does he still work? Or Yeah, I think so. He grew up into a hot grown-up also. Oh, of course he like did. Like, he's very, like... Yeah, Canadian hot. Yeah, he's yeah. Canadian hot, yeah. which is, like, very hot, but also very nice, That's I That's the best hot to be, I think, is Canadian Oh, hot. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're not a you know, sex symbol. You're still a friendly, yes. approachable guy. I mean, the girl from Silicon Valley, Amanda Crew, ah. she's very, very attractive, and her boyfriend is very, very attractive, and they're both Canadian, so they're both very nice. Yeah. Which is really infuriating. Yeah, it's... It yeah. is, in a way, yeah. loathsome. Um, <laughs> they, yeah, really, really loathsome. Just be assholes. <laughs> I like in the when she's doing the autopsy on the guy, and Mulder calls him St. Owen, making fun of her. Yeah. And then at the end, before he leaves, he says St. Owen again. Did you catch that? No. He just whispers it again. So he's like talking, talking. He's like, all right, I'm done. And as he's leaving, he's just like, St. Owen. Like he says it like, like, I said that. I was very proud of it. Get, he's going to get another one in. He's incredible. Was this his first real thing, Next Files? Or? Yeah, he's done like little stuff. Like he was, don't tell mom the babysitter is dead. He's like a bad guy in it. Really? So he was like a bad guy in a bunch of sort of things. I think he'd already obviously already done Red Shoe Diaries. You oh, know Red Shoe yeah, Diaries? Yeah. I've he, never seen it, but I know of it. You've never seen Red Shoe no, Diaries? Uh-uh. Do you know what it is? It's like soft core yeah, porn. Yeah. And so he's, I believe, in the first episode, and then the rest of it, he just gets letters, and he reads the letters. He's the narrator. He's the connective tissue of yes, Red Shoe Diaries. Yeah, he's the framing device. Because really, so what softcore porn needs is <laughs> devices. You could just cut to two people going at it. Nobody cares how they got there, that she's a DJ or, you know, whatever it is. I applaud their efforts. Yeah. Uh, it, and their casting, I mean, they were considering things they could have put anybody in there but they found a talented yeah person. they found a guy who was like who could act yeah. who was good uh jerusalem syndrome i wanted to hear more about that guy's story because yeah. he was a guy who went to jerusalem got had some sort of epiphany the bad guy did yeah. for yeah some sort of epiphany 
And then he comes back and he's clearly made some sort of deal with the devil or something or he's become one of his minions. I wanted to hear more about that because that seems interesting to me. It felt like this could have been a longer episode or something. And that actor, I really like that actor. He's actually really funny when he plays kind of a bad guy in comedies. I can't remember what I, I want to say, like Strangers with Candy or something. He's in that and he plays... Canadian. A, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. If you wanted to work in the 90s... You go to you Vancouver. Move to Canada. Yeah, yeah. In the early two thousands. Yeah, I, I felt like I could have. This whole cast has probably been in the one full episode of Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> <together. laughs> That's right. Um, oh yeah, and the kid's mom is also dead. Dad is crazy. Mom is dead in the car accident. The she mom died. Yeah, she dies, and the kid. I don't think says, I put that together. Yeah, she dies, and the, he says she died because of me. And Scully's like, That's well, right. well, technically that is kind of true. <laughs> I mean, I can't deny that. It's not your fault. But if you, it, she, she does die because of whatever your weirdo so powers what are. what does happen to this kid? His father's institutionalized. He becomes a supervillain. He has to. He becomes a bad guy. Yeah, he shoots blood out of his hands. Uh, <laughs> just full stream power. Yeah, well, then, does that mean that now he needs to like... Drink orange juice and stuff <laughs> if he has stigmata, yeah. right? Because you've lost blood. Yeah. I mean, do you have, does he have to get transfusions? I mean, you never hear about that. I, I once was working on this, uh, like, I don't know if it was a comic book or something called Rise of the Infirm, and it was people who are superheroes because of their disabilities. And uh, Pfizer, the geyser, Fenneman or something, he was a hemophiliac, and he would shoot blood, but he wore a backpack of blood infused like ivy things. Oh, so I guess that makes sense. Yeah, he had to keep it coming. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this kid. This it's kid. just like he has to come out and like, I gotta go lay down for a while. He's gonna take the little rig that Arlie Ermy had and wear that. But, <laughs> but, but with real blood. blood. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, don't taste that. Oh, so gross. Um, yeah, the, don't get cute with the naming for out. Just fucking pick any, any name. Um, they, uh, I thought Again, the full circle uh, recycling thing. I thought that was a bit of a cop-out. And why didn't he just kill the kid? And that's a cool-looking recycling place. Yeah. Also, do you know where that recycling place was? Because they talk about it. What, what town it was in? What town they go to? No. Jerusalem, Ohio. Wow. <laughs> wow. wow. <laughs> really going for it, yeah. huh? They, yeah. They <laughs> Yeah, they tie these things together. Why doesn't he just kill the kid in the the shredder thing right away? Why is he like having a big conversation? With him? Yeah. Why does he need to kill him? One there? push, one push. He could kill him anywhere. Right. I was trying to think of some sort of recycling. Is there like a resurrection thing in this? But there really isn't, right? No, I think it was more to the fact that recycling was such a big socially conscious thing at the thing. time. That that's yeah. It's like, like how the I, James Bond movies use whatever new technological invention is big at the time. Oh, really? As part of a plot device. Like a like a jet ski was big in <laughs> The Spy Who Loved Me and a snowboard and a view to a kill. And, oh, like soon as it happens, like oh, yeah. uh, Casino Royale, it's all the about parkour. parkour. Exactly. That's yeah. Exactly it. Yeah. And then that's when like also poker had a resurgence. Uh -huh. It was in a bunch of movies. So, like That's kidding. a big that's part of it. Seriously. So the new one's coming out next year and it'll be those um, water jet packs that Oh, Leonardo DiCaprio oh, uses. Yeah, yeah, I got. Yeah. I hope not. Like but. Eastbound and Down. Yeah, had yeah, them too. yeah, yeah. I guess that's right. It's already been yeah. parodied. I'm glad they parodied it first instead yeah. of used it sincerely right. somewhere else. Yeah, I was. I did a movie where one of the characters is on that, and those things are like you could do a lot of. You can actually do a lot of stuff with them. Really, you can like, yeah, with this guy, a Bobby Moynihan. 
Oh, uh, yeah. Do you know him? I don't know him personally. SNL guy? He was the one on it, and he got, like, really good at, like, moving around. Really? Like, it was pretty, yeah. What I love about those things is that they look kind of cool, but also really shitty. So it's, like, a good comedy thing. Yeah. Because it's, like, right on the cusp of cool and, like, really lame yeah. looking. Yeah. You can't look elegant. No. Or you really need some time. But even if you're good at it, it's still... It's a very unwieldy thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of slow. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you can't leave the lake. It's you can't leave the lake. Finite. Yeah, and there's a. I think there's like a cord that's connected to something. So you, isn't you, it that it's connected to the water and it's sucking water up? Oh yeah. So you could, and the, yeah. could you theoretically go so high that your cord would come out of the? And then you just fall. Yeah. Yeah. It's a real lesson in if, mortality. Yeah. You, know, like you, have to, you have to know your limits. If you die on a jetpack, like yeah. that's really like very Icarus like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you literally <laughs> flew too high and so you died. And I ran out of water. Yeah. <laughs> um, I called that she was obviously going to go to church at the end. And when she's like, uh, Do you believe in miracles? And he's like, Of course. The priest is like, Of course. The rising of the sun, the birth of a child. And she's like, That's exact. That bullshit is why I haven't been to the church in six years. I, I agree that the birth of a child is a wonderful thing, but it isn't a miracle because it not only happens every single day, it's likely to happen. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's and amazing. If, and we can scientifically prove it. Yeah. We know why it happens. Isn't uh, the thing about a miracle is it's really rare? Yeah. It's really rare and you can't explain it with science. Like that's yeah. what a miracle is. Right. Birth of a baby is like science 101. We've had that for a while. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we nailed that. <laughs> we know how long they're pregnant for. Even if it was like every baby was like had a variable time, that would be closer to yeah. a miracle. Magnets. Now that's a miracle. That's a miracle. Yeah, that's a that. real miracle. Um, I kept thinking the priest in that confession because they just show him in silhouette a little like that's that's someone that's got to be a cameo. Nope. Like, no. Just some Canadian <laughs> dude. Yeah, absolutely. Apparently, I heard they dubbed over his voice. They didn't like the guy's voice. They didn't like the guy they cast. So they like dubbed over that whole thing. That somehow makes sense. It didn't. Some, it felt it weird, felt right? Weird, yeah. Felt a little weird. And yeah, like I said, this episode was one that the producers, it's someone who's only written two episodes. This one. And they wrote an episode coming out later called Quagmire that uh -huh. was then rewritten by Darren Morgan, who wrote the next episode. And they said they just had a lot of trouble with, like, religion is a hard thing to tackle yeah. in something like The X-Files. Both of these episodes I found really started strong and then kind of didn't fully pan out for me. Well, yeah, this one especially, like, I like the guy. I like the idea of, like, a real demon guy killing fake like huckster, yeah. like preachers. That's a great idea. Yeah, like a serial killer guy going and around. And I love the him. element of his fingerprints being burned into their necks. Yeah, that, yeah, was, that cool. was super cool. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and, and the, the special effect when he's strangling them and the smoke's coming out. Yeah. I thought that looked cool. There were cool images. There's also when the kid's in the laundry basket and starts having stigmata, which yeah. is like, come on, if God's <laughs> on his side, what the, f this is the worst time. But the image of the bleeding laundry basket I yeah. thought was cool, yeah. the hamper, but that's just bad timing. Whose side is God on? I know. Don't mm. be on Farrah's side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, afraid that God is speaking, but that no one is listening. Uh, uh, I love that your notebook it feels like a, a relic, like a biblical relic or something. Yeah. It's got kind of <laughs> yes. eight weathered pages. And yeah, I have, it's I have little... terrible handwriting. No, you don't. It really looks authentic, like you found it somewhere, and that's how you decided to do this podcast. Yeah, like this. I was like, I've never, I've actually never seen the show. I've just read these <laughs> notes. I don't know who they're from. What's the cover look like? It's just black. 
real yeah that could be from basic. any era it's like the thing that uh, Indiana Jones has Hitler sign in yeah. Last Crusade. The, the Grail Diary. The, yeah, the Grail yeah. Diary. Yeah. Um, looks, you should put a picture of that up because that looks like a scrawlings of a madman. Yeah. It's a serial no, killer. It truly is scrawlings of a madman. I, I was sort of in Pakistan at our school, like handwriting was a big thing. Everyone had to learn to write in cursive. And everyone had to use fountain pens. Oh, my God. Yeah, so we all had little, little ink pots, and we had to fill our pens, and we'd wipe it on our hair. So every kid, if you ran your fingers through the hair, which don't do that, your, your hands would get all inky. Wait, you um, purposefully wipe to, well, to clear the nib of, like, well, excess ink? Well, you dip it into the, the ink well. pot, and then when it comes out, I mean, you're supposed to use the tissue paper or whatever, because it's on the sides of the, there's ink on the sides of the pen, yeah. the whole front half of the pen. But yeah, we had to do that, and I remember. But the wait, you're still glossing over the point that you'd wipe it in your hair. I'd just wipe it in my hair. You didn't have we, tissue all the time. No, and, and we all had, had black dark hair, hair in Pakistan. Yeah, everybody had dark hair. There weren't oh blonde God. kids with streaks yeah. of blue. We were all. So you were all wiping ink in your hair. That yeah. was just a thing. Yeah, because it was black ink, and we all had black hair. I'd never thought of that, but that's a was, wonderful story. It was just, uh, yeah, every kid had like ink in their hair. You just couldn't see it. That, to me, is. Like you would read that in great literature. <laughs> you, you, that's just a little detail. Just like a weird yeah. little detail. When I was a kid, and yeah, we were all wiping ink in our hair. <laughs> like, we uh, also for Islam class, the the, the uh, it was pretty strict schooling there. We had to have a little hat, that, uh, like a Muslim hat. Have you seen that? It's like a bigger yarmulke. I think so. Really, Islam and Judaism are so close to each other, and the fact that they don't get along is. If it wasn't sad, it would be hilarious. It's the lady doth protest too much. You guys really liked each other, <laughs> exactly. but you're, yeah, you won't. We're admit both it. playing hard to get. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, we had to wear those hats, and I remember you would. See, they were all white, and you would see they would have ink stains on <sighs> them because people would wear the white hats with ink on their heads. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love details like that. <laughs> um, so the next episode is War of the Coprophages. Coprophages mean shit eaters. Really. Yeah. Oh my God. So, and I think it's sort of with this episode. I thought the opening is great, where yeah. he's like, "Behold, the mighty cockroach," yes. and then he just, I don't know, I just kill him. Yeah. I thought that was really. And his cool his uh, extermination company is called Doctor Bugger. <laughs> Did you notice that <laughs> no. on his jacket? Yeah. And I feel like that's even the writers going like, ah, in in England, that you know means a whole different Someone thing. Someone likes let's it. Let's put it in there. Yeah. yeah. The guy who wrote this episode wrote four total episodes. The other three he wrote are classics, oh. and they're on lists of like top 10, top 20, always, always, always. I interviewed him a few weeks ago. This is the episode he doesn't like. Really? He talks about, he doesn't like it. Each of his episodes have like a big main theme. So the first episode is about a town where uh, freak show people live, oh. and that sort of subverts the X-Files because it's like, you know, in the X-Files, the... The people who are different are usually the bad guys. Uh -huh. They're the monsters. They're the mutants. And this one, they're the good guys. And they're looking at Mulder and Scully like, you guys are boring. We're interesting. So he subvert, subverts that. And it's also about like finding your community. And that's the theme of that. Then the next episode is Peter Boyle, he wrote. And Peter Boyle is a guy who can see the future. Uh -huh. And so that episode, and he said, you know, if... I thought, like, if someone can see the future, that means the future's written, which means we don't have free will. So that episode is all about free will versus determinism. Oh like, God. can you affect something? So this guy's seen something in the future. Is there any way to change it? So that's a pretty big idea. 
Um, then the last one he did is called Jose Chunks from Outer Space, and that one's sort of a Rashomon kind of thing where it's different people's perspective, uh-huh. and that's sort of the nature of storytelling and memory and a bunch of other stuff. This one is trying to find the theme. Yeah, I, I can already see where this one doesn't quite fit in that level yeah, of exploration. Or right. Yeah. I was trying to think, is it maybe that he's saying that we're not... Cause uh, Dr. Bambi mm-hmm. has these sort of uh, theories where she talks about like cockroaches are true to themselves. They're not lying. They eat, they fuck, they do this. And we're the ones who are like sort of creating stuff around it. And then the idea. So ultimately at the end, all these deaths are sort of coincidental, like no real X-File is happening, mm-hmm. right? No. Yeah. I I think that was the thing when she said that. And she herself, like, you thought that this was really going to go somewhere where she was going to be like, look, all I want to do is eat, defecate, mate, and sleep. And come on, let's do this, Mulder. We've already eaten. But she basically leaves with this a scientist who you feel like he gets it. Well, yeah, Yeah, but he he gets gets it. it. And and that's kind of more what she wants is that understanding. But they didn't really explore that either. So I'm with you. I couldn't really find anything. Yeah, I feel like they didn't hit that home. It's, I guess... The, the scientist who makes the robot bugs, and then he's kind of robotic himself. Like, yeah. that's some sort of thing. But even their shortcut to make him like a Stephen Hawking by just putting a microphone. Yeah. L- literally that he has to push his neck against to make it seem like it's attached to him in some way. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little lazy. I think. Yeah, yeah, it was a little lazy. I thought, so I was trying to think, right? So in this episode, it's all this random deaths are happening. And Mulder is trying to come up with a reason for it. Everybody is. And there's like paranoia and stuff. So it comments on the nature of paranoia a little bit. Yeah. So I was like, is he saying, this is such a stretch. Stay with me. I don't even know if I can explain it or articulate it. These animals don't really have anything. They're just doing what they do, right? We're trying to sort of come up with reasons and stories and sort of a narrative and, you know, cause and effect and all this stuff. So is it that we're trying so hard that even in this town where random shit is happening, these guys are like trying to form some sort of narrative around it. Like that's sort of the nature of conspiracy. Interesting. Is They're putting trying a to pattern. Put meaning to something. Yeah, putting a pattern on there. something that doesn't have a mean have a have a pattern. Like that's what Mulder's whole thing is. I don't know. Did it's, the writer say anything about this? I haven't this? talked to him about this one yet. Oh. So I talked about the first two and then he's gonna come back and we're gonna talk about these two. And he doesn't want to talk about this one. At all. A, yeah, he kinda he he doesn't even call it by his name. He calls it the cockroach episode. Oh my. This well, maybe I mean that may be saying something that maybe he didn't really. Have Apparently, anything. what I read was he's a, a, notoriously a slow writer. He rewrites uh, a lot, and this one he wrote in a week, oh. so he didn't have time to get everything in. So you can sort of feel that this interesting idea is the idea that Mulder's always calling Scully, and she's debunking. Yeah, and why do you think they're split up in this episode? I couldn't figure out why. Like, what what was that? That never quite. From what I understand, she only had a couple of days to shoot this ah, episode. okay. I wondered if it was purely logistical. And I, from what I read, I think it's Darren Morgan, the writer who said it, was that she had to do a press tour for the X-Files. And so for that, they had to do it so that they had to get all her scenes in a day or something. So she's separate. It's also kind of cool. Like sense. What this guy does a lot is he comments on the nature of their relationship and about how it's maybe not as healthy as it seems, because they don't really have any other people. They have each other. Yeah. This one Mulder tie, tries to get with Bambi. Doesn't work out. So separating them, I guess it's easier to bring into focus the nature of their relationship. Yeah. And I think some of that stuff is pretty funny. That's really interesting that they would sacrifice 
the potential quality of an episode for promotion. Yeah, to promote what may end up being an inferior product. Right. Yeah. Also, Bambi, Canadian hot. Yeah, Canadian hot. Yeah. Yeah. So she's great. Like she was interesting. I she's know. really hot. Yeah, but there was still something. She was kind of perfect casting in a way. She's. I think she was only like 21 or 22 when that episode what? happened. So, yeah, for her to be like a big, yeah. So I think that's part of the But I, lo- I love how she's a scientist, but she's kind of based, like dressed like a mix between Tomb Raider and, and uh, <laughs> Marianne from Gilligan's Island. <laughs> kind of like explorer's shorts, but she's living in a house of cockroaches. Yeah. Yeah, there was just a lot of good, interesting things, but it, nothing fully came together. Yeah, I feel like it needed a little bit more, but it for, you know, a lot of these X-Files, like both of these, like I said, are interesting. I like that you've drawn pictures to go with your notes. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, there's a cockroach in one and then a stigmata in a, the... The, um, the, the pentagram. The pentagram, yeah. Yeah. Have you seen? Do you know Guillermo del Toro? Oh yeah. Have you seen his diaries? No. Are they like that? They're really, really cool. Like he sort of says that he. I mean, this this is where he takes notes. But he says everything he wants to do wants to be wants to be like a product, not in a way that you sell it, but in like a a piece of art, I a get thing, it. a yeah. beauty. And so he has like drawings, and then he writes around the drawings and like inserts drawings into the middle of writing. It's all like very laid out. It's very cool. So it's drawings from Pan's Labyrinth while he's talking oh. about Pan's Labyrinth. It's really, really cool. I totally get it. That's amazing. Yeah. And I feel like if I write stuff and make it cool looking, I want to read it more and I want to write more yeah. instead of just random, random shit, you know? Um, and this guy does a lot of. Uh, one of his big things, Darren Morgan, the writer, is uh, he plays with expectations. Like he, he twists them. Certainly. I so, noticed that. Yes. Yeah. So in the first, when the guy's talking about Behold the Mighty Cockroach and yeah. then it turns out he's just an exterminator, he does, so he does that stuff a lot. Yeah. A lot in the other episodes. Not as much in this one. I really got obsessed with that actress and kind of looked up a bunch of stuff about her. What did she go on to do? Her name's Bobby Phillips. She did some other stuff, Battle nothing Star too Galactica. big. I thought that I'd seen her in a lot of stuff, but I guess I just had seen her in this and made it. She made an impression. But I don't. I've never seen this episode, and she has. That's the thing with Canadian hot is they come packaged with familiarity. Like, like <laughs> yeah, they somehow remind you of uh, the girl you had a crush on yeah, in high school. No kidding. I and mean, your they do. teacher. Yeah. And like your dad's friend's <sighs> hot wife. Yeah, yeah. They're genetically engineered with marketability or something. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And like a Playboy bunny. Yeah. 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 Everything yes, together. It's yeah. They're uh, TV ready. They're camera ready. Yeah, yeah. Um, what did Darren Morgan go on to write after this? He sort of quits the X Files after these four episodes, and then he didn't. I think he's so such a perfectionist, and he had um, he had like deals at a bunch of studios and stuff, and wrote a bunch of scripts. I don't know if anything got made, but. And his brother is Glenn Morgan, who created like the Final Destination series, and oh, he's done, done a wow. bunch of TV shows. So Darren has sort of worked with him off okay. and on over the years. But I kind of want him to, like, do something like do a movie or create yeah. a TV show. I just feel like he's sort of um, not. He's just sort of his own guy, you know. I don't uh. think he gets anything out of it. Like I was talking to him about Clyde Bruckman, which is my favorite episode. That's the Peter Boyle episode. And he just had so many problems with it. Mm. So he's just, I think, 
it's just hard for him because yeah. he has a very high standard. He said this one really funny thing where I was like, you're really hard on yourself. And he was like, I'm harder on other people. Uh, so he's uh, like, I don't like my stuff, <laughs> but my stuff is better than all the other shit, <laughs> which is really terrible. I thought that was really like That's a great a illuminating of, yeah, thing for him to genius. say. Um, this episode also has specific points where, so what he does in his episodes is, Scully's kind of the good guy and he makes Mulder like sort of an idiot. Uh So in this one, someone's always sort of offering Mulder different explanations of UFOs. So uh, Dr. Bambi is saying that they're clusters of insects, irradiated, not irradiated, but luminous insects. And then the other doctor, the robot doctor, talks about how it's stupid to think of aliens. That's an idiotic thing. There would be little robots that they sent here. So the key, he keeps like puncturing Mulder and what he stands for in all his episodes, and he does it in this one too, and he kind of makes him out to be a bit of an idiot, right? Uh huh. Um, but because he like falls for Bambi, I thought that scene where he first sees Bambi and he's on the phone, he's like, "Gotta go," and then uh, he hangs up. I that know. was pretty badass. Yeah, that quickly. <laughs> Do you? What's your take on? Are you a big Planet of the Apes guy? Um, no, I, I never, I mean, I've seen, I think I've seen all the originals at some point, but I, I never, because I it came to it after Star Wars, same thing with Star Trek. I can appreciate Star Trek, Yeah. but it never, once I saw Star Wars, my life changed and it just wasn't as exciting to me as Star Wars. So it never took. Oh, sure. Yeah. I get that. And I mean, I saw Star Wars in the theater and it's the first movie going experience I remember. And I mean, it just. That my life became Star Wars. How are you feeling about the new preview? And the first time I saw it, I was like, I don't know. It seems a little CG. And yeah. then I watched it like 300 more times. <laughs> and I started to really enjoy it. So. I like that it's sort of minimal looking compared to the, to the yeah, prequels. Yeah, definitely. In I'm, fact, the only time that didn't really work for me in the end was the camera following the Millennium Falcon, Falcon all around just felt, I just wanted to, that felt a little Star Trek. Yeah. Me, the new Star Trek yeah, rather than, yeah. Yeah. But like the, the guy rising up into like yeah. the, the dune, that was, that's just, a, it's so simple. I know. I loved that. And that's the first image you see of the new Star yeah, Wars. That I was big on. And then it cut yeah. to the soccer ball droid and it took a little used to get, getting used to, you know, but, but you know, by time 147, you, yeah, you got on board. I was ready. I wanted the soccer to see ball it again. Droid. Yeah. By then I had given it a name. Yeah. What's the name? <laughs> Partially Kim. Partially Kim. <laughs> Partially Kim's a great name for it. Um, the uh, and then Scully also punctures Mulder. She says the idea that there would be life anywhere else is statistically improbable. Yeah, which is surprising. Which to is me. surprising. Because she's a scientist, and it seems like even it seems likely. Yeah, because I I mean I love science, and uh, absolutely, if believe is the right word, just statistically believe that there's life out there. But I'm sort of very skeptical too with UFO people. You know, yeah. like, come on. Right. Let's let's you know. Let's all agree that it's out there, but let's also agree that the people that claim to have seen UFOs are something something a little different. Yeah. About, you know. Do you want more water? No, I'm alright. You're you're literally <laughs> drinking. Yeah, I do. I it's a completely <laughs> empty glass. <laughs> no, I'm good. I can get you more water. <laughs> are you air. sure it's you're still in this glass? You're still gonna it. drink it? Oh God! Very sad. Last drip. <laughs> oh, so sad. Yeah. Um. Uh, there were there were fun exchanges in it, like you said, it doesn't really come together. But there were fun exchanges where Mulder's sitting in the car, and the sheriff comes to him. Is like, 
he tells him oh, about yeah. lights and he's like the FBI keeps track of these things and he's like no <laughs> which really like sort of gets to what Mulder is he's like in the FBI why is he even in the fucking FBI I know none I know. of his goals line up with the FBI's goals and uh, explain this to me as someone who's only marginally familiar with this show yeah. is he supposed to be doing other work he's tasked with this stuff or yes he is but almost every episode he does a thing the quest the, the missions he chooses are not ones that so they want him to do how is he still working there how has he not been fired by well that's a big yeah. whole thing it's like why don't they just kill him <laughs> or get rid of him but yeah. it's like he's his role in the conspiracy like is a big crazy right. thing okay, yeah. he's got certain people on his side it's revealed by this point that his dad is a part of the big alien conspiracy oh, okay. so like that sort of protects him a little bit so um yeah it's like that and Devin Faraci, who's done this episode of uh, this show a bunch, he's a yeah, movie reviewer guy. He him. said Mulder's like a kid of privilege who like is rebelling against his parents, you know? Like uh-huh. you have those like rich kids whose parents are lawyers and then they yeah. pick it against lawyers. That's kind of what he's doing a but little bit. But they still bit. benefit from all that. Oh, yes, yeah. of course. Okay. They still, he he still sense. gets the benefits and that everybody else gets killed for no reason and he's still alive. Yeah. Um, Miller's Grove this is interesting so this uh, town has a lot of hysteria and paranoia going Miller's Grove is the name of the town and that's the town that uh, Orson Welles made up when he did the War of the Worlds thing or or I guess that's where War of the Worlds is set so that's an interesting little connection because this town is gripped at paranoia and when he'd read it on the radio it freaked people out that's awesome I love when he gets when Mulder gets attacked by the cockroaches and he's on the phone with Scully. Mm-hmm. And his line is, ah, I'm surrounded. <laughs> and, and he's being overrun with cockroaches. I'm ah, like, I'm surrounded. For all he knows, it's killer cockroaches. Yeah. 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 His, God, it, I'm fascinated by Duchovny and how he can get away. It's very understated. He's barely doing anything. And I want to say it's, it'd be easy to say he just doesn't care, but that's not it, is it? He's no. just That's his style. But it's, He's way more animated in this episode than he is in what? most episodes. Really? Yeah, where he's like, gotta go. And when he hits on her, like I thought it was funny when he's talking to Dr. Bambi, and he was like, I've always been so fascinated by insects. And then you see the electricity going yeah, in the yeah, thing. That yeah. was a cute little thing. <laughs> he, oh. I think it's directly related to the fact that his jawline is so incredibly horizontal that he has to expend more energy to open his jaw wider <laughs> to get more out. And so yeah. it's just easier if he just talks through clenched teeth. Oh, yeah. I don't know. He does have a very horizontal jaw. His jaw is incredible. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. a great-looking guy. Yeah, he's... That's the other yeah. thing that Darren Morgan was talking about. He's like, he's supposed to be this pariah and, like, outcast. Like, nobody that looks like that no. is an outcast. No. Too attractive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he somehow has that Canadian attractiveness he's yes. not even canadian is he i don't think no he's not yeah. canadian i don't yeah. think um there's another fun one where he uh the the guy the doctor is like i see them every time i close my eyes and the sheriff's like try not to close your eyes i know yeah but how do how will i sleep yeah that guy's yeah. really going yeah. for it yeah i see that guy in a, he's in a bunch of stuff really right? that actor i don't know is i it... feel like i've seen him in things yeah he's but like he's... a richard jenkins type yes yeah yes yeah. exactly um the bugs under their skin, I don't like seeing oh, that ever. That was that was good special effects yeah. for a TV show at this time. Yeah. No, it's pretty good. Let's talk about Tyler Labine a little bit, too, yes. with his bleached blonde hair. and Yeah. He was, that's hilarious. Like a stoner kid. Do you yeah. know him? I do. I don't yeah. know him well, but yeah, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. He's in uh, Deadbeat. 
Yeah. That show. And and my girlfriend Amanda was in uh, that movie he did called Someone Mary Berry. Oh, and my friend Thomas Middleditch is in that. Yes. From Silicon Valley. And then now I work at Wolf Pop developing podcasts part-time or as whatever as a consultant. And he and his buddies have a show called Picking Favorites on there. Uh, Tyler Levine? Levine. Yeah. Wow. There's yeah. five people in the world. I know. Yeah. I know. And they're uh, most of them Canadian. Is someone Mary Barry good? It's fun. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah, I mean, it has its, it has its moments. Who else is in it? Isn't somebody else in it? Isn't yeah, it like Damon Wayans Jr. Damon Wayans Jr. Yeah. is in it. Um, yeah. And a Lucy Punch. She's great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah those, it's got a great cast. Those two are really fun. Yeah. Yeah, and it's all about them anyway. Yeah. It's, a, it's got a really, really good cast. It's so hard to make a good movie. Not that I'm saying that's a bad movie. I just haven't seen it. It's so hard to make something that's imagine. good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine. Everything has to go right to make a good movie. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, the dog, you don't know this, but the dog that she has, Queequeg is the name of the dog. He, The dog shows up in all of Darren Morgan's episodes, and then he, he gets, well, I won't say it. Uh-oh. His backstory, the dog's backstory is that um, Clyde Bruckman, that's Peter Boyle, his old neighbor dies, and they don't find the body for a while. So the dog has been eating the old woman. And Scully, they're like, oh, we don't know what to do with this fucking dog. We can't tell anybody that she ate a woman. And so Scully takes the dog. That's that dog. That cute little dog's backstory is that they found the dog eating a dead oh woman. Oh, my God. That, does that, is that a real thing that this, happens? This is a topic in my household. Yeah, because we have this horrible cat that is the best, but also horrible. And uh, Amanda, my girlfriend, has read this thing once where if you die in your house, dogs are loyal and they'll wait a few days before not being fed to eat you. But cats are basically like the minute you stop breathing, oh, good. soup's on. So much wet food. Yeah. And they'll just, and to her, it was the thing that stuck with her is like, they're just going to eat your face. And so she. That's the most accessible. I think so, it's yeah. Not under clothes. Yeah. It's Eyeballs, soft. tongue, yeah, lips. And and she was just worried that she'd fall asleep and that the cat would mistake her for dead and wake up with the cat eating her face. I think you would wake up right away if the cat was eating you. Either face. way, if there's not an X Files episode about this, I, you know, apparently there is. Yeah, but yeah. Why Queequeg? Was that isn't that a Moby Dick reference yes, or something? It's is some there... sort of Moby Dick reference? Because yeah. I don't know. Because Mulder's like his quest is sort of like oh, right. the captain's quest. I yeah, don't know. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, but it's also his. Her dad was a naval officer ah. who dies in season one, and they call each other Starbuck and like they call each other Moby Dick terms. I believe Starbuck is from Moby yeah, Dick, I think right? So. I think yeah, so. I've never read it. I just, I've never read it. Yeah, I just feel like I, I have to have certain references to things for doing improv for so many years. Yeah, call know. me Ishmael. Yeah, that's as much yeah, as I know. Right. Yeah, yeah, I know. There's a guy with a harpoon who's like. A Native American or uh-huh. something. Yeah. Um, Ahab, that's all I know. Yeah, that's that's all I got too. Yeah. Yeah. We should read it. It seems cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'll get to that. The idea that there's one specific whale that this guy wants to kill uh-huh. seems like the least relatable thing in the world to me. Boy. Why do you want to kill this one thing? Uh, yeah, it doesn't make me sympathize with him. It makes no. me think like... Let it be out there. Or or my sympathy is that you have severe OCD. Like yeah. That's what we need to deal with, not the whale. Just turn on switches on and off. <laughs> yeah, instead of yes. going to, Wash your hands. Did they have switches at that point? They had levers. 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they've got things on a ship. They got ropes he could pull. Or yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. You don't, you don't even have to be on a ship. Just at home, get a pulley system going, yes. and just tug on that. Or a hobby scrimshaw, whatever you yeah, know. Whatever it is. Yeah. You don't need to go out try to kill this one specific whale. That, that's ridiculous. Yeah. And whales aren't even assholes. They're no. like docile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Does he? What is his beef? With the will, there must he wants re- revenge, or am it I must, putting too much justification into I'm this? I'm sure there's revenge or something. It must have ruined a boat of his. Yeah, it had to be. I mean, we're literally sitting here talking about probably the most well-known <laughs> and have no idea beyond four things. And refusing to look it up. And refusing to look and it up. We're not going I to. wish someone had this information. Yeah, no, I don't want to know. Don't send us the story. I know nobody's ever read Moby Dick. Yeah. That's that thing that, like, that book is always one that, like, that's the best book ever written, and it's sort of considered It's the that. white whale of literature. You, that's exactly right. You, yeah, you never read it. You never read it. Yeah. Yeah. It's but perfect. Wanna, Maybe like, it's never been written. It's the Emperor's New Clothes. <gasps> like 40 yeah. pages and it's just blank? Yes. Oh, man, that'd be oh, amazing. Everybody yeah. says they've read it, but they haven't. Because <laughs> yeah. be... you always quote the first line, call me Ishmael, yeah. but you never hear about the last line. No. I got him. Uh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. And that's how I got him. <laughs> that's the last word. Who wants blubber? The end. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whale omelets for everyone. Well, they don't have eggs, right? <laughs> Well, well get ready for the sequel. <laughs> We're going after a hen. <laughs> yeah, just a really great hen that this guy wants to kill. Um, I, uh, I was gonna fuck. I thought of something that I was gonna say with this. Oh, I don't know. Um, again, going back to X Files, there's some fun lines where Mulder's like, "How about some urine for a drug test?" What a weird random I, joke to make. I know, because the guy didn't really respond like, oh, that's gross. Yeah, he's he, like, oh, yeah, for a, yeah. For a drug test, sure. But it makes you think that Mulder's like, uh, had some <laughs> other He's into weird sex stuff he? on the show. Every party plays. Red Shoe Diaries, Californication. There's a big sex thing. And then in real life, do you remember when he said he was yeah. a sex addict? Yeah. That is the luxury of the very good looking. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like no ugly, but I'm a sex addict. No. Everybody likes sex. Right, That's... he could just get it more than most people. Yeah, to the point where it was probably just messing with his meeting times. And yeah, stuff. Like, <laughs> exactly. That's really like a way to explain why he's missed a lot of meetings. Yes, yeah. and of course his marriage crumbled because of it. True. Anyway, what is this sheet you have? Because it looks, is it, it almost looks like you typed this out? Is that just because? Wow. Oh, it's just double-sided. So maybe it feels like, like a like a ditto, like a mimeograph ditto yeah. that I would have gotten junior high or something, which all of your notes have this, like... Uh, it's courier. And you could tell notes in my notebook are when I'm watching it on my computer. Ah. And then when I'm watching it on a TV, they're on... They're on, uh, yeah. They're but on it the feels like you've, you've got some kind of World War II commando dossier with that little field... Book yeah, I had like Native Americans like codify it. <laughs> yeah, I had them do it exactly. <laughs> um, it's also in this one, Mulder has to be a little bit the rational one because the guy's like, "Are we in any danger? Should I evacuate my family?" And he's like, "How should I know?" Like <laughs> that's his rationale. So dismissive. Yeah, yeah. For yourself. completely checked out. And you, then, if you're that dumb, I hope you die. Is basically what yeah. He's saying. Yeah. And then the guy says, after talking with Agent Mulder, here I feel slightly constipated. <laughs> What a thing to say. 
<laughs> I know that struck me as odd. There's a lot of shit stuff. Okay, so here again, I'm gonna try and make sense more of the theme of the episode. Yeah, because the shit is in this theme. Yes, the shit is in the theme. Cockroaches eat shit. At the end, Mulder's eating that cake. That's that kind of looks like shit. Yeah. And then when he's typing about technology. So it's like our most base element, which is eating, versus our least base element, That's which right. is technology. Yeah. Yeah. And then the technology fucks up, so he smacks it to get it right. So I think it's like we're trying to um, transcend our animal nature with all these trappings of technology and structure and conspiracy theories, but ultimately we're just animals. I, th- I think that had to be it. The fact that he hits the computer and that it's, we're not good at doing what we think we And it's are. at the word technology. Yeah. It's like tech. Tech, tech, and then he hits it. So I think it's something it has like that. To be, yeah, yeah. But it, again, like you said, it's not really. It doesn't really come together like it does in the other ones. Like it, you, you sort of have to piece it together. I later. feel like they give it to you at the end, but but in the middle, they're not. They're not as focused on backing that up. It's almost like that end thing is like, oh yeah, we got to wrap this up with the theme. Yeah, and let's do that. It's also just unsatisfying when uh, things aren't like a. An, op- an episode with actual killer cockroaches would be really that's a good bad guy yeah in this one the fact that it's all random stuff and the, it, it just feels a little like the cockroach infestation happens because the guy had brought manure over right right and um, it's all like random stuff it just is unsatisfying when that happens when it's like a Scooby-Doo kind of ending yeah how would you like to be the guy that gets killed by the cockroaches in the hotel though and just to have him crawling all over you like that. Well, I, I thought of that a lot because in a lot of this, like the first guy who dies, the exterminator yeah. is covered in cockroaches. That actor had to be covered yeah. in cockroaches. And that guy in the motel, did you see his feet? No. You didn't look at his They're feet? They're bad feet? They were rough. <laughs> they, they were more disturbing than any cockroach in that whole show. I fucking hate cockroaches. Well, check out this guy's feet because okay. you're going to have a new enemy. <laughs> One of my f- most traumatic memories is I was hanging out with my friends. I was a kid. I was probably like 12, very self-conscious. And uh, in Pakistan, we have these flying cockroaches. And when a f- cockroach is flying, it doesn't look graceful. It's just like chaos flapping around is what oh it looks like. God. And they're pretty big. And so it's just like chaos <laughs> flying around. One got into my shirt and started trying to fly away. So it was just like flapping. And I could hear it in my shirt, but I was with girls. I didn't want to take my shirt off because I felt so... So I was just like, Ugh, and this fucking thing is flapping against my skin, and I can feel it. it I'm going back right now. It's so horrible. Oh my god! So what'd you do? What'd you, did you just? I managed to somehow get it out by like, but it was like fucking freaking out in there. Another time, I remember I was eating a cheese sandwich, <laughs> and there was a dead cockroach that it must have been dead for a long time and I stepped on it by mistake it was upside down I caught it later I stepped on it by mistake and it made like a loud bang sound because like I think it was dried and there was air trapped in there when I squished it it like basically popped and it was like bam like super loud and I just put down my cheese sandwich and I honestly couldn't eat cheese sandwiches for a while I don't blame you that's funny you should mention that because I watched these episodes yesterday and I just realized last night I had a dream where I was eating a sandwich at a park and bugs got all over it. But I was so hungry that I went to the water fountain and Ooh. just watered down the sandwich to get the bugs yeah. off. And, the, and I didn't care that the sandwich was just sopping wet because I was just about to shove it down my throat anyway. Anyway, yeah. And I ate it. One of my That's recurring gross. nightmares is I eat chocolate and the, there's bugs inside. Oh. Like big, huge, like locusty bugs. Oh. I remember, you know Jeff Davis? Yeah. Yes. He once told me a story where I think he woke up one morning and had like a Dr. Pepper from the night before, but there was like maybe half an inch of oh. Dr. Pepper in there and he drank it and it was all ants. 
Oh. That just rode the half inch of Dr. Pepper down his mouth or Man. something. In this episode, they say that killer bees, we made them. That's true. And that's... Really? Yeah. They bred two different kinds of bees together because they... And they call them Africanized bees because yeah. I think they took like American bees, Africanized honeybees, cross between the Western honeybee species and the African honeybee. But they didn't various, do that to make them killer bees. They just no, they made them because they thought they'd make more honey. Uh, and then they ended up making these bees that are way more aggressive. They don't kill, but they're yeah. like way more aggressive. They'll pursue people for up to half a mile, Jeez. which is fucking long. Can you imagine... Running from bees for half a mile. But when you get to that half a mile mark and you it keep feels, going and they stop yeah. and you just There's turn like around a wall. and taunt them. Fuck yeah. you. Yeah, I made it. Um, uh, well, that well, first and then X-Files sort of got movie out. was about there's bees a bee, too. There's a whole yeah. bee component to it that hasn't come on in the show yet, but that becomes a big thing. Is right. how, that's how they spread I remember something things, about yeah. that. Okay. But we made Africanized, we made these bees and then they sort of turned out, they started wiping out. What they do is they go in and take over other hives and stuff. We created monsters and then they got out and they somehow got to America and now there's killer bees in the world and oh we made God. them. I do remember that as a kid, you know, they're like the myth of killer bees and yeah. that was a legitimate fear. Oh yeah, red ants, killer bees, yeah. like there were all kinds of scary things that were that were scarier than they really are. Ebola shows up in this. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And it's, was that a th- was there like an Ebola scare in the 90s? In the I'm... 90s there was an Ebola scare and there's an episode I believe season 2 called FM Masculata that is very specifically about it's not Ebola but it's an Ebola like thing and they talk about Ebola in it. It was in the 90s there was an Ebola scare. And so the X-Files sort of references it. That's right. And wasn't that the same time Outbreak came out? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Was yeah. A- there was a whole time where it's interesting how every few years that happens, like we had Contagion uh-huh. and then we had the real life Ebola scare. So yeah. every like few, uh, Planet of the Apes, is, isn't that all? No, there's no virus. Is there, isn't there a virus? Uh, the, in new the, one, right? is the new uh, one, right? Uh, I think there is. I could be I wrong. I don't remember. I always, I guess I think whenever there's monkeys, there's a virus involved. <laughs> Although I know the apes are not monkeys. They're fucking monkeys, right? <laughs> Fair enough. Don't be we an agree. asshole. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whales are fish. Uh-huh. Apes are monkeys. Yeah. Let's just be, spiders it's, are bugs. Frankenstein is the monster. Yes. Come on. Like, we all <laughs> know what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Tomato yeah. is not a fucking fruit. <laughs> no, I know. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, I like when she says her name is Bambi. She says it twice the exact same way. Her name is Bambi. And this is the first time that you, well, I guess not the first time, but they're really sort of hit kind of hard that she's a little jealous. Yeah, of I it. wondered so about that. This is one of the first times that there's some sort of hint at some sort of romantic interest between the leads. They keep teasing the possibility of bringing these guys back. Is that going to happen again? Another X-Files? I think so. Yeah. I you say it like... I believe in love. That yeah, was, that was I want the, to believe. That, yeah, <laughs> I I believe God's hand can be felt. Yeah, <laughs> that's what he says in the last episode. I I think what would be great would be like a six episode Netflix series. Oh cause, yeah, because making a movie it has to make like two hundred million dollars. That's crazy. Yeah, and these are these aren't really meant to be movies. It's, They're not meant to be movies. I don't think. I think you're right. I think you do like a six episode arc. That that's like perfect. a new specific thing. That's not about aliens or whatever. It could be about. A werewolf or something, one sort of arc, do it, put it on Netflix. The bar is so low on Netflix, you don't have to like get advertisers or like the same kind of ratings. People like they're do. doing with uh, Twin Peaks. Right. What is she doing now? I haven't seen She's her. in a lot of stuff. She has this British show called The Fall, 
which is really yeah, good. Oh, yeah, i heard of that. Yeah. Really good. I think season two just started, but it's not on Netflix here yet. She's also in Hannibal, which is uh, Mads Mikkelsen yeah, from Casino yeah, Royale. That's right. Yeah. He cries blood. Yeah. By the way, as far as tells go, that's the worst. That is, that is <laughs> I think the textbook tell. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Tough to ignore. Yeah. Tough to ignore. Um, <laughs> the conversation where Mulder sort of goes on and tells her the whole thing of his backstory with Bugs and he's like, it wasn't like a girly scream and then after the whole thing she goes, are you sure it wasn't a girly scream? Yeah. I thought that was a fun little conversation. That they were like great. fun. Yeah, the best the best thing about the show is when the two of them banter. And, yeah, yeah, they're great at it. Yeah. You could clearly see that they really like each other. Is there one writer, is it Chris Carter, like who's the best at getting their repertoire down and... I think Darren Morgan's really good at it because he really gets at the differences between them. Uh-huh. And, but he kind of like breaks down the relationship, which I think is interesting and not shows that it's not super healthy. Um, his brother, Glenn Morgan, and James Wong, who's his writing partner, is they're both, they're really good at Scully episodes mm. and showing how Mulder's paranoia can like, is bad. That's fascinating that someone's like, we need a Scully episode. You're our Scully guy. They're You're Scully people. Guy. Yeah. Oh, wow. And Howard Gordon, who did, who's the creator of Homeland, he is, um, he's a good Mulder guy. And so, so there's like different, this is the first show I remember uh, where different writers had different, like I noticed that they were, they approached it all differently. Interesting. Yeah, it was, it was cool. I like the idea of, oh, she says he's hung like a club-tailed dragonfly. I <laughs> They're talking about cockroach dicks? Yeah. And then later, they're like, is it? And he's like, yes, even the genitalia is normal. These two talk a lot about like yeah. penises and vaginas with each other. Yeah, get a lab. Yeah, get a lab. <laughs> get a lab. Why are they drinking when him and the doctor, the doctor, the, the, the robot guy, the yeah. Stephen Hawking guy, he says... Uh, he makes fun of Mulder. He says, whoever believes in aliens is brainwashed by too much science fiction or that kind of gray, big-eyed alien. And Mulder's reaction is really funny. But then it cuts back, and they're both, like, drinking. Do you remember that? I, now that you mention it, yeah. But that I was a weird little thing. They never showed why. Uh, or It's yeah. just, like, a weird, funny gag. They're yeah. just, like, splitting whiskey. His um, little ground robot that he made, yeah. I love that it has legs, but there's clearly wheels that it's yes. rolling on. And the legs yeah. are purely... For effect. It's a really shitty. Emily has a Hammaker Schlemmer Christmas catalog. Do you know how? Oh yeah, Schlemmer? yeah, yeah. They have a four thousand dollar robot <laughs> in there that like does stuff for you. <laughs> is it like what does it do? Well, it's because because it I'm I'm interested. You're in the market for a robot for what it? How much it costs? It doesn't do very much. You can kind of control it with a remote. Yeah. And you, you can talk into it and it talks. So basically, you can freak people out. It's that. just an extension of yourself. It's just an extension nah, of yeah. yourself. I've already got one of myself. I don't yeah. need more. Um, it, it, I like the part where Scully has like a great logical theory, which is like manure, and that's how the cockroaches came in. And Mulder, each time it's a different thing, and now it's alien robots. Like each time he's like escalates. I thought, I thought that was fun. And I thought it was fun was uh, when Scully pulls up and sees the doctor and she goes, let me guess, Bambi. Uh, and, he, and she goes, yes, Fox is in there. And he, she just repeats like Fox because nobody calls him Fox. Yeah. But he, she does. Yeah. And Scully's like kind of rolling her eyes. I love it. that little scene when she pulls up. Yeah. Because yeah. Bambi also, you can't hate her. No. Because she's not hateable, but she's just innocent and 
uh, but she, but yeah, just innocent Scully and very not, very attractive. Yeah, yeah, Canadian hot. Nineties Canadian. Nineties Canadian hot. I looked her up. She still looks great. She looks yeah, great. I'll bet. Um, so yeah, is there anything else you want to say? I I said that like we're always looking for some kind of connection, structure, reason. Sometimes random shit happens, and we try and put structure on it. Like maybe that's what it is. Um, I think that's the best bet. It's not entirely clear, but yeah, it's not the, yeah. that and the ending thing about how it it has to be that we're looking for purpose, but per, the purpose may not exist. That right. we you know we really at the end of the day do those four things, and as much as we we we've been cursed with wanting a purpose, but a purpose probably doesn't exist, and that's. That's crazy. We to make think our about own that. purpose, and we do yeah. X Files podcasts. But then now we have a purpose. Yeah, now and we so have a purpose. Just because we made it doesn't mean it's. We laugh at God. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Nobody's listening. <laughs> we really pulled these whole these two episodes together. Yeah, pretty we did. Well, well um, done. Is there anything else you want to say about these episodes? No, other than thank you for having me. Oh, this dude, thanks so much for fun coming. Fun to revisit and fun to talk about. Yeah. I, did you like watching them again? Yeah, I had yeah. a very pleasant experience, and if I ever have the excuse to just as an assignment sit down and watch tv it takes the guilt out of not getting some other thing done oh yeah and i truly enjoy it oh yeah it's oh. great the other day uh i did the drunk history this season and did you get drunk yeah yeah and so to recover i i did the first season and i had to fly the next morning and it was the biggest mistake i've ever made oh, in my life and this my time God. i knew of course i'm going to block out the full day and it was last tuesday and it was pouring rain Oh, yeah, perfect. And I just put on the 60s Batman TV, and all day long, I got the cat, I got Amanda or whatever, and the Christmas tree, and it, just sitting there feeling like I knew I had this day blocked out to it's just so watch great. a full series of a television. Yeah, magical. It's, it's heaven. Um, did you like watching it? Batman? Yeah. Uh, I watched it as a kid, and I didn't know it was camp, and I loved it. Right. I took it sincerely. And then later on, I realized it was camp, and I enjoyed it. But now I really appreciate how brilliant they are comedically in that show. It's, it's really interesting because it is a product of its time, but also aware of itself. And way ahead of its time comedically, yeah. I think. And even the writing, like some of the plots are so wonderfully complicated. Like the, One of the ones I watched was um, Egghead. His whole plan Vincent is, Price. yeah, put a ten cent tax on every egg sold in Gotham City, or I'll kill Commissioner Gordon and give me that tax. Wow! Rob a bank. Wow! Or just say, give me a million dollars. Yeah. But the, Why does it have to be egg? It has to be egg based. It does, and every pun he has is <laughs> egg based. And there's one where the does he say excellent? Many. Oh yes, yeah, that's all he course. says. There's one where the Joker robs a bar. By taking over like vending machines, in this one he takes over a jukebox, and the jukebox open up, and a shotgun is on like the, <laughs> the record needle, I've seen and that. it's just yeah, like pendulating back and forth yeah. as if that's supposed to. No one can get away oh, from that. Oh no! Like, yeah. yeah, just duck. And then thugs come into the room after that to take the money, you but they don't, don't have the guns. Shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> When and it's you, so brilliant. When did you install the shotgun? I mean, so many oh, questions. It's it's the best. It's great. I um, love it. All right. Thanks so much for coming. Thank uh, you. Promote your stuff. Wolf Pop? Yeah, the whole Wolf Pop podcast network is up and running now, and it has a lot of great 
really great shows on there. In fact, Devin Faraci's is one of my favorite on that show with Cannon. Amy Nicholson, yeah. and they discuss whether a movie should be in the canon of great films. And yeah. I love that show. I and should listen to it. It's it's really worth listening. And to. And yours, you have one. I was, yeah, it's called I Was There Too, and I just interview people that aren't the stars of films but were present in really good scenes of cinema history, and they can tell you like what it was like on the day. And yeah, so. like the woman pushing the baby stroller. In The Untouchables, yeah. yeah. She's my next guest. Yeah. That's amazing. And guy from Aliens. And then some people you know, like Paul F. Tompkins was in There Will Be Blood. And I've heard his story about Daniel Day-Lewis talking over his lines and cutting yeah. them off more and more yeah. so that his line gets cut. That's really funny. And there's a funny story Paul tells, I won't spoil it, but about in between takes, Daniel Day-Lewis sort of does this vocal noise exercise or you don't know exactly what it is, but it's pretty fascinating. He seems like he's really going for it. I yeah. mean, he's, <laughs> yeah, he's a pretty, he's a force of nature. He's looking for the whale. Yeah. yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, great. Well, thank, thank you so much yeah, for coming. My pleasure. All right. Hope you guys enjoyed that episode. Uh, next week, we're getting into two pretty heavy mythology episodes, Piper Maru and Apocrypha. These introduce uh, new X-Files stuff, the mythology stuff that really, really comes to sort of define the X-Files mythology um, in the years to come. Uh, again, at X-Files Files, again, feeling crazy, talking to nobody in particular. Um, at X-Files Files, at Kamel and subreddit is slash X-Files Files. And, um, and uh, the email, which I always forget, it's, I always forget what the email is. Here, I'll tell you what it is. It is, oh God, oh, thexfilesfiles at gmail.com. Thexfilesfiles at gmail.com. I promise I will never ever forget it again. It's always, now it's seared in my memory. Um, all right, see you guys next week. I won't see you, but you get it. Oh, hey there. Hi. Do you like being happy and not sad? You should check out the podcast Hello and Good News. Each week, I sit down with a comedic guest and tell them all about the people, places, and current events affecting the world in a positive way. Whoa. So check out and subscribe to Hello and Good News on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. Yeah.